podcast. Hello, I know you're uh, probably expecting to be welcomed straight away to the podcast, but I, I just can't do that yet. Something's happened to me, I just need to get it out there straight away. Um, I was driving home this this evening, and I was just looking in the mirror. I, I felt like, I don't know, like, do you ever feel like there's spots just about to come through in your face? So I just thought there was a spot about to come through in and around, like, my lip area. So I just pulled down three visor of the car and the mirrors looked in that and realised there was no uh, spot coming through but that in the same instance I have loads of grey hairs in my beard now that's fair enough I knew I had some but I didn't know I had loads and in particular I had a little bit of grey hair poking out of the area of my beard which you know some people refer to as a soul patch you know, the little bit just under your lip, above your chin, above a goatee, you know, just on the lip bit, you know, like, you know that, that bit that I feel like in my head that, you know, all new metal singers of the late 90s had, you know, just a wee bit of hair under the bottom lip, you know, I, like, I feel like you're probably doubting me there, but just just Google guys who were new metal bands from like the late 90s, guys like... Fred Durst, he'd have it. Chester Bennington, he'd have it. Uh, Shifty Shellshock from Crazy Town, come my lady, he would have that shit. I feel like that's the the soul patch, you know, the bit of hair just under the lip. But I have greys poking out of there. You know, that is not sweet. You know, that's a problem. If the hair's fair enough, if it comes out of the sides, like the sideburns, the, just a bit down, you know, when it gets too long, fine, but not... In the soul patch, not in what a guy I went to school with called Pete used to call the clit tickler. Now, a lot of questions you need to raise about uh, a beard that somebody refers to as a clit tickler. First and foremost, um, why are you doing that when you're like 16, guy? It's weird. You know, what are you at? Like, A, you know, like if you go down into that like area per se, you know, what sort of like like logistically what way are you trying to rub or tickle if you will that particular area with that beard because if you go down you know the the clit tickler beard is you know from what peter says it's just under the lip you know so you'd have to therefore be down there i assume executing cunnilingus you need to be down there you need to be like just rubbing your beard on the the top part of the the private area we'll call it a coochie because hey i'm like a mid-80s rapper okay so you just be rubbing that area <laughs> this particular gray hair is literally just flown off into my mouth while i'm talking there it's coming to get me i'm being attacked by the clit tickler but um if you're down there you have to, you actually wouldn't be able to deliver any cunnilingus you'd just be rubbing your beard on that particular area however the only way to actually use that beard effectively whilst also delivering oral pleasure would be in the 69 position or as the wwf wrestler the undertaker refers to it as the tombstone pile driver you know that's the only way you can actually logistically do that and hey you, you name me 16 year old at 69 and i mean i don't think that's a thing to do i think what 16 year olds do is aggressively finger on dance floors you know that's what they do they're the only race of people the only breed of people that do that 
like finger on dance floors. That's only like pre-formal shit, 16-year-old shit. Like I ain't no 16-year-old in the world that's delivering <laughs> dual attack uh, pleasure with both the tongue and a beard in a 69 position. Now, if you're a 16-year-old out there and you're just flat out 69ing, holler at your boy, let me know because I'd be keen to, I'd be keen to, uh, to hear, um, you know, what sort of weird childhood you had that you feel at the age of 16. You can just, you know, you know what, yeah, I don't I don't want to just come, I, I don't want to effectively just attack you with aggressive, just two fingers in and out, in and out, fucking go ahead. They're like you're flipping, <laughs> celebrating. Or like, you know, in fact, like, I was going to say like you're celebrating the goal, but it's like, you you know, whenever you're, you want to give somebody the two fingers, but you don't actually have the confidence in case your mommy and dad say, so you put the middle finger and the next finger together, just go mm, up together, you just blast in that in and out, that's what you do when you're 16, you don't lay somebody down. <laughs> And go at them, you know, upside down in a 69 while slowly rubbing your little bit of beard hair from your lower lip. Just right on there, erogenous zone whilst mm, licking as well. You don't develop those skills. Like, hey, that, the, that 16-year-old that does that, they drink red wine. That's what they do. You know, they smoke, you know, the thin cigars, the after-dinner cigars. You know, that's not a 16-year-old that does that. You should be out sculling bottles of WKD and just like drinking what's your, what's your carry out mate oh, I'm just going to have a 10 glass of Goldschlager that's what you should be having if you're 16 years old you shouldn't be uh, going around telling people your beard's called a clit tickler drinking red wine in 69 and like I mean albeit that's a great night some red wine in a 69 but I mean not at 16 that's that's something that you should be doing you know when you hit your 30s guy you need to be getting a bit more experience but major shout out to my boy Pete who uh, at the age of 16 was talking about growing this clit tickler beard now maybe he's just getting that I know Pete had a few older brothers so maybe he's just getting that from them and um, the, the phrase I hope um, they're not you know, rubbing their beards on his genitals but I mean how did I get here from talking about uh, a grey hair in my beard? I don't know. But we're here anyway, and welcome to episode 83 of the Weird Podcast. Whoa, I've got a especially giddy after that introduction. Normally, I just go straight into the podcast with a welcome and a wee what have I been up to, but not this week. I ended up talking about 16-year-olds having uh, unorthodox oral sex. But hey, welcome to the podcast. It seems to me like uh, it's been about five years since I've done a weird podcast. Um, it's because I stocked up in the last couple I did, I think my last weird podcast, two weeks ago. But then within two days, I was recording another weird podcast. Because hey, guess what? I had to go on holidays. You know, now has anything changed since I recorded the last weird podcast till I'm recording this one? Yeah, I'll tell you what's changed. My race. I am no longer pasty, white, grey, translucent, where you can see my veins kind of guy. I am olive. I look like I was alive back in the times whenever the Greeks were just running shit. You know, I look like I just cover myself in olive oil, drink red wine, go with a very specific beer under my lip, and just, just have a great time. Oh, I bit my mouth. My beard's trying to attack me because I'm slabbering at it. But that's what I feel like, you know, I'm tanned, I'm feeling great, you know, come back from holidays, 
you know, feeling some kind of way. Everyone feels better with a tan. You know, you just feel more, like, healthy, more alive. You've got that vitamin D. Like, listen, you all know I'm not sure on receiving some D, but, you know, it's very rarely from the sun. But for me to come home and feeling good, I'm, I bounced off the plane. I was buzzing. Went to see my parents. My sister was there. Don't know why. Doesn't live there. And I was telling her, look, I just feel so great. I feel like, you know, when you're sexy, you're tan. You feel, I was like, I feel like I look like that guy. You know, that guy with the beard that's everywhere. He's like really famous at the minute. And uh, in my head, I was thinking Jason Momoa. That's what I was thinking, but I couldn't actually get the name. My sister goes, oh, who do you mean? DJ Khaled? And I went, eh, fuck you. Fuck way off. Back to London where you live. You expat quitter, unpatriotic fuck that's what you should do but um, nonetheless I feel good I've now been back from a w- for not even a week shit it feels like I've just come back from my holidays and just got into shit it feels like I've come back from my holidays and I need another holiday you know, uh, to be fair, I feel like so. Uh, maybe I'm getting a bit of slack cut on myself because people don't recognise me because I'm too tanned. Like, legit, I'm so bronze, people aren't even calling me Dave anymore. Like, I'm that tan, that bronze that people are actually referring to me by other names. They're calling me stuff like LeBron's James, you know. Obviously, um, some people don't, don't want to refer to me as that. I can realise that there's a double connotation on that. If I say I'm LeBron's James, people are be like, mm, what do you mean? You're trying to say that you're tanned because he's a different race, he's a black man? I'm like, no, it's because the name LeBron is similar to bronze. That's literally it, but I understand that. But hey, if you don't want to cause any racial uh, confusion, you could call me Bronze Derousey as well, if you want, you know, or... Bronze Jeremy, that's probably more appropriate, look more like the actual porn actor Ron Jeremy, however I look like Ron Jeremy in every other aspect apart from his penis, I look like I've got probably a twelfth of his in terms of size and mass, but I mean physically I look more like Ron Jeremy than I look like any of those two other guys, but hey, as I say I'm back, I'm not refreshed, the holiday was great, went to Tormelinos had a great time, just a nice family holiday. Like that's what holidays are about. Now you go away, and you get you, It's not about you enjoying yourself. It's about showing. It. Like you, when you're a parent, you're a host. You know, you become a host. It's not about you finding the most joy you can have. It's about you making sure that your child has as much fun as they have. And hey, my daughter Holly, at the time of her life out there, just effectively in a swimming pool, like as much as she could. That was what she wanted in a swimming pool or in a canteen eating. They're the two things that she loves, but. She absolutely had a great time. And then, by proxy, I had a great time. Um, obviously, as Catherine and I have done before when we went to Lanzarote with Holly, our, our grand plan was what we'll do is we'll put her to sleep and we'll just go out in the balcony and we'll drink a couple of bottles of wine. In reality, what happens as soon as she goes to sleep, the baby, we go, thank fuck, and we just pass out in bed. Um, albeit, I ended up watching... A lot of Netflix, not porn. Just I know a lot of guys are answering and in their head going, "No, I'm not watching porn." Nah, don't do that anymore. Um, but I was watching Netflix and I watched. Um, I was trying to watch a movie about Anders Breivik. And um, for any of you who don't know who Anders Breivik is, he's effectively a cunt who uh, shot loads of Norwegian children on an island, an absolute scumbag. You know, a terrorist scumbag. And I just really wanted to watch this movie because I feel like. I feel like I want to understand why in any way any person could ever justify some of that behaviour. Like, see some terrorist behaviour, it's never 
justified. Like, see if you do something that's just killing innocent people. Like, albeit there are innocent people who have been killed during our troubles, of course, you know, but because they maybe just have a job that certain terrorist groups don't like. But these, the the people that Anders Breivik shot were just literally children on an island with a, a automatic machine gun. You know what I mean? It's like the guys are f- scum. Like, see if you plant a bomb that you could potentially kill women, children, innocent people. You're a piece of shit, you know, regardless of what... Yeah, there's probably some people... Uh, there are actually people in government now who've planted bombs who don't give a shit. They're like, oh, we're not sectarian at all. But hey, if you plant a bomb trying to kill someone, eh, sectarian. You know what I mean? But I just wanted to watch this show with Anders Breivik about it, and it just it was really uh, grim. So I haven't finished that. Uh, and also, after watching about 10 minutes... And after 10 minutes after Holly and Catherine went to sleep, I was exhausted as well. So, you know, I'm probably sleeping by the 8 o'clock, most nights and holidays, but it was great. Went there, had a couple of beers every day, did a bit of walking, got some sun on board, did a bit of exercise, and even went to run one day. Shocker, but it was a great time, great holiday, and I didn't really bank on being as busy as I was when I got back from holiday. But, you know, now that I am a chunk through the busyness I sort of feel completely and utterly exhausted like this podcast I'm recording again not through any lack of organisation or laziness at 9 o'clock on a Sunday because I literally had no time I got home late on Tuesday and then went straight to bed got up went to work on Wednesday Wednesday night I of course had the Boytown live podcast which was in the Accidental Theatre. Now, if you were there on the night, thank you very much for coming. Um, it was a fun night. The The Boytown podcasts are always really fun to do live. It's always great, great turnout. And um, we had another full house there in the Accidental Theatre. Um, probably, just give, probably just giving spoilers and major announcements without any kind of any clearance. But hey, we're probably going to do the next one in the limelight. Just saying, just throwing that out there, letting people know. Um, you know, because I think... As, as great as the Accidental Theatre is, I just think maybe more people would know the limelight, you know, and I think that would attract more of an audience. So, I mean, that's what we're in the business of audiences, so I think that's what we're probably looking at doing. But it was a great night. It was really good fun. Um, to be critical of anything, I think we maybe need to work on the format a little bit. I personally don't think that I will want to do stand-up at a Boytown podcast anymore because it just kind of draws the night on. Like, I noticed when I was reading out the listeners' questions this week that I could see a few yawns, like, just because it was getting on. So I think we'll maybe keep it a bit sharper and just do that in the future. But again, thanks for everyone that came out. Um, it was a fun night. And then after that was all done, I just went to my bed because that's what you do. You know, you get up, you live, you do a day, you... Uh, get to your end of your day you go to bed you know that's what you do that's life and then the next day I got up and went to work and then straight from work I was at Pug Ugly's Comedy Club which as you all know is the comedy club that sponsors the Weird Podcast it's the comedy club that I run it is a comedy club that's been full for the last five to six weeks which is really great and there's only another couple of Pug Ugly's Comedy Clubs this side of the summer break so we have this week the 13th, I want to say, and headlining is Aaron McCann, and support for him is Mark the Carney. Um, McCarney, not the Carney, although I, I'm pretty sure I said the Carney there, which, you know, it's probably fair. I think Mark 
um, has actually worked on carnivals before. So, I mean, fair play to him, respect. But, um, yeah, it should be a really, really good week this week. And I'd love another full house. Last week, um, I had Fred Cook up. Now, this is the weird thing. Like, I find, as a booker, I like I want to provide my audiences with as good a night as I can get. And I sometimes go to the lengths to book good acts and always try to have great headliners. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'm going to push the envelope out a little bit. I'm going to book some acts who maybe... Um, I know and I know are great but maybe some people up here don't know so I'm almost like providing a kind of you know I'm just it's like you know you know obviously you know whenever Christopher Columbus went abroad and he brought things back to Spain or whatever or Italy wherever he was from weird name that's like Christopher Columbus is a pretty American name to be fair you could probably you know I'm going to say he's Italian I feel like he's Italian I feel like I've had to bet Christopher Columbus would be Italian, first and foremost. Um, I'm just gonna check that now because I don't wanna, I don't wanna mug myself off. But I feel, I feel like he's Italian, you know, and he is. Thank God for that. Um, but you know, he would go abroad and he would like bring things back to Italy that didn't have the time. You know, stuff like, um, like like Xboxes and like. Furbies and things like that, you know, stuff that Italians didn't have, he would have brought it back, and it's exciting, and that's how I feel when I bring maybe acts that are not known here who are great. So got Fred Cook up, who was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. I gigged with Fred once before in the Empire, which was probably like three years ago now because I haven't actually done the Empire since January twenty seventeen. Again, not that I'm uh, taking account or noting that it just happens to stick out. You know, it was January 2017 and I haven't done it since. And, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing because there's plenty of gigs about the place now, but that is just what it is. You know, that is a fact. So I feel like, you know, I gave him that line. He's brilliant. And after that, I thought, you know, if ever, if ever comes a time I can book, I'll get him on. And I got him up and he was great. Um, on the night, we had support by Fraser Robb, who genuinely is one of my favourite acts to watch like I properly laugh like genuine laughter like I mean you sort of end up feeling when you book acts you have to throw a wee bit of laughter and even if they're not if you don't find them that funny but with Fraser Robb I always, I always laugh my head off him I think he's great Um, I would recommend anyone to check him out but it's a great night had a couple of wee uh, stop-ins as well William Thompson jump on and Mickey Bartlett who were also great made it a really fun night and uh, hopefully this week will be just as enjoyable. So what I would say to do, if you're keen to come down and check it out, is the DM Pug Uglies on Twitter or fucking Instagram. No, they're shy on Twitter, to be fair. They, they don't really put much effort into that. So I'd, I'd do it on Instagram where they're flat out, and Facebook where they're flat out, and they'll get a table booked. Again, it's only a fiver, so it's definitely worth doing. You know what I mean? And come and support that. And, yeah. It's all good. I enjoyed that last week, you know. But again, two days full work, followed by two late nights. And then on Friday, back to work again. And after that, we had dinner plans at my friend Phil and his wife Susie's house. Now, what's probably not really noteworthy about that story is that I've got friends and I wanted to have a social occasion with them. That's fair enough. You take that, you know, you move on. However, what is noteworthy is they had a little daughter about a week and a half ago and was I ready to have guests in my house after a week and a half after we had Holly 
nah. What, let alone ready to cook a full meal for them as well. Do you know what I mean? But fair play to them, they did it. Um, whether I think they actually really wanted us there or whether I think Phil just wanted to go out for a few pints with the boys, which both, you know, I'm happy to accommodate. And we ended up going to Horatio Todd's, um, Shane's uncle's bar um, in by Hackamore for, for half an hour. Now, what was great was it was me... Phil and my mate Maka, we went for pints and we're like, right, we got there, like, we'll probably have one pint in this half an hour, sure. And then a half an hour, we're like, you know, you have that first beer, you've not had a beer in a, in a while, and you're like, oh, I'm quite thirsty, it tastes good, this beer tastes nice, and you drink it and you go, mmm, beers, it's, you're like, mmm, that's so delicious, I need some more, mmm, mmm, that beer's so nice, mmm, mmm, mmm. Oh, I've just finished a whole beer. And you're like, get me another beer, Chico. Because weirdly enough, X Factor contestant Chico's working in the bar and her issue Todd's. So strange. But in the half an hour that we were there, uh, we had three pints and then headed back to Phil's where our wives were with the baby. Uh, baby Jessica, who's absolutely gorgeous too. Mad, really beautiful, good girl. Nice and quiet. Probably startled to have so many uh, loud-speaking people who are pretending not to be drunk but are way too drunk on, on half an hour, you know, three pints in half an hour, excessive going. If you continue that for even, say, two hours, that's 12 beers in two hours. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we went back there, had some delicious food. Um, I want to say we had some kind of chilli-type food. I think it was a chilli. can't remember because I had a few glasses of red wine as well. Um, red wine that I actually bought Phil for his... I want to say wedding. In fact, no liar, maybe was it for being but no, he's being for being my best man. That's what it was. But I got the uh, the wine for him for being my best man from uh, the man Francisco, or as we call him Cisco, the song, 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 who uh, did. Pardon me, but by you think I was drinking real wine? It's only just water, Buxton Spring, boys and girls. But um. It was actually just wine that we bought from uh, the actual supplier who did the wine tasting on my stag do. So it was pretty nice, and we took a photo of that, sent it to the guy, Francisco, said, hey, Francisco, hope you still remember the guys. Um, just drinking a bottle of your wine, thinking of you, having a wee well, wedding the baby's head moment for Phil. Francisco wrote back saying, oh, I'll never forget the Belfast boys. What a great afternoon we had singing in Lisbon, and um, which we did, to be fair. Um, Cisco got us pretty steaming on his wine tasting got pretty steaming himself was like hey I like you boys I genuinely want to buy you around a drink sit in have a bit of crack with you Cisco being the wise man he was was like yeah I'm not going to do it in my bar though I'll go a few bars down the street and then we'll, we'll tear it up went we did that so we messaged Cisco he loved it and then rather than just ending it all by saying catch it down the line boys Cisco goes I'm actually coming to Ireland and we were like oh whoa if you're coming to Ireland my man you need to get some hospitality from the boys. So what we're going to do is we're going to find out when Cisco's coming over to Belfast and we're going to show him a good time. You know, we're going to take him tasting drinks somewhere. We're just going to really show him how great Belfast is because he's such a great guy. He showed us how wonderful Lisbon was and I think it's only fair that we repay the favour. You know, that's what I think we should do, you know, and that's what we will do. So... We did that on Friday, and then we got home. I tried to play a bit of FIFA, but was way too drunk. 
um, and then just effectively passed out on my sofa. I woke up, it was like half one in the morning, like, oh no, I may go to bed. Because on Saturday, I was working again, now not doing the day job. This is probably a bit of a spoiler for some people because, I mean, I don't think they necessarily know this is the case about me or know I I would be interested in this, but I was acting. Now, you're probably going, ah, you're fucking acting a bollocks all the time, Dave. Yes, I get that. I know I effectively do do that, but I was acting in a a short film for NI Screen. Now, as I've said before in the podcast, my main love or like area that I want to be working in is doing stand-up and writing whether it be like writing sitcoms for tv radio whatever I enjoy I enjoy the creative process of coming up with an idea writing it and then seeing it become reality that's what I enjoy I, I wasn't really mad on acting but this particular opportunity came up and through Michael Foster who you probably know from filming most of the sketches that, that myself and, and Shane would do. Um, he got commissioned as part of the Ice Cream Project to film this project, which is called The Suit, which is written by a local uh, writer, Mark Hamilton. And it's about basically two guys who, you know, likely lads. One decides, look, I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to do an interview. But to do the interview, he needs a suit. So the lads, like, hatch a plan to get a suit. Um do they buy it just out of pre-mark? No. Long story short, they steal it off a corpse, but that's exciting, it's fun, you know? So it was like a, a an interesting role that, that Michael put me forward for. Um, I met Mark in uh, Cafe Nero. He had a chat and was like, look, this is what I'm looking to do. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I actually would. You know, I liked the script. I thought it was um, funny in, like, the sense of humour that I have. It wasn't like a... Like, what I like when I met Mark, is like, look, I don't want you to do, like, you know, he's like, you know, typical over-the-top, stupid faces. And I kind of went, oh, like this, and showed him a clip of the troubles with the eddies. And he went, yeah, please don't, don't do that. And I went, fucking all right then, you bollocks. And he went, ah, now I'll just, I, I will just act properly. <clears throat> so I did, I filmed that on all day Saturday, basically. Was filming in a cafe in the Holy Lands where... The scene was effectively myself and my other, my partner in crime, trying to negotiate a job. He's trying to get me to rob a charity shop, whereas all I want to do is just, you know, I had to tell him, look, hey, I'm getting a job and turning my life around, man. So we filmed that, which was, was good fun. You know, it was actually nice to be on a set filming something where you're not actually really crippled with anxiety because that's the biggest thing, like, that I hate about acting. I enjoy I enjoy acting, I enjoy doing it, but I don't like auditioning, I don't like the fear of auditioning, I don't like standing in a room in front of people, you know, trying to impress them whenever I don't really feel comfortable, you know, I always find I perform better when I'm comfortable, probably like most people, but if I'm ever auditioning and I get nervous, that's when I get real anxiety, like I can go on stage, do stand-up, do whatever, but see, having to learn lines and try to act in front of people, can't just I just don't like it, so... You know, it makes me, it freaks me out a bit. Same way as if you go on the set <clears throat> and you're acting in front of people you don't know, you feel like pressure being like, oh, they don't know who I am, they don't think I can, you know, but with this, I don't think there was too much pressure on me in that they were like, oh, well, they know I'm as a stand-up, but, I mean, you know, we've got proper actors here, so, you know, they'll do their thing and they'll probably do enough to pull them through. But, you know, I feel like 
I held my own. You know, I think on Saturday I thought I did a good job. I was back again today on Sunday filming the second day. I've one more day of filming to do on the 23rd of July, and then that's me wrapped. The film, the suit should be done. Again, I think it's about a 10 minute short, but whenever that's out and about, I will for sure share it with you. But it was a really fun experience. Got to meet some pretty cool people, all very friendly, all very talented. It was just a fun thing to be a part of. It made me start thinking, you know, maybe. I should actually pull the finger out a bit and you know try and act a bit more. Maybe do a few different things, things that you might not see me in, a few things that you know I could just do by myself. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and maybe try and pursue that a wee bit more the old time. Maybe not like obviously above what like what I'm doing, standard writing wise, but Definitely, I would I would definitely consider going for more things, and then the process obviously having the audition. But you know, it's all about growing, adapting, trying new things, and effectively building myself up to take the infamous career break. You know, that's part of that. I'm actually going for a job interview in work as well at the end of the month, whereby I can be made permanent, albeit I have a gripe that I'm not already permanent at the grade I'm at, considering I've been doing my job for over half the time that I've worked in the organisation, but hey, it is what it is, so um, I'm trying to do that, and if I get that in place, I'm permanent, I can take a career break, I can give all this stuff, I go full time, and my motto it doesn't exist, so I'm not going to say that, I don't even know why I said my motto, I'm embarrassed for myself, but my thoughts on the matter are I'd rather you know, give this a go full time and then a few years down the line go, oh well, I tried it, didn't work out and I'm back rather than being still in work just going, oh, if only I had done that, I could have been this. I'd rather know an answer, yes or no, whether it's positive or negative. Hopefully it's positive, but one way or other, I would just want to know. So that's what I'm trying to do at the minute. I'm trying to get the wheels in motion to make that happen. But, you know, in terms of my comedy and opportunity wise and things that job wise I'm the busiest I've ever been of the most um opportunities coming up. You know, I've lots of meetings to do. Things are all very positive. You know, I'm just I'm feeling good. I'm feeling, you know, excited. I'm feeling very hopeful and positive at the minute. Um and hopefully this nice run of work will continue you know albeit I'm totally banjaxed and I need need some time off but you know I'll hopefully get that next weekend and um, I'll just get a nice weekend of doing nothing kicking around the house with Holly maybe going going on a walk with uh, Catherine and Holly or something relaxed and as I say that and I say I think I would like a relaxed weekend mm, <laughs> I've just remembered next Sunday's Father's Day I am not getting out of my bed Fantastic. Yeah, I'll be very excited about that. But, um, yeah, I feel like I've talked for a friggin' ever here because I haven't any tea either. I just came in from filming and then straight into the pub. I, I lie. I came in from filming. I put the holly to bed. I went and lay, just lay on my bed with my feet up, just, just stretching out for like 10 minutes and came down and get in the podcast. So I'm going to get this done and then I'm going to go and get some dindins. You know, I can actually hear Catherine's next door watching Love Island. But, you know, major spoiler, I'm not watching Love Island this year. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know that because I know if you listen to the podcast um, for a long time, you're a long time listener because that's just by proxy what, what a, someone listens to something for a long time is. You'll know that I watched 
Love Island in the past, but for some reason, I just feel like that hour a night that I sit in front of the TV just existing and watching a show that doesn't really, you know, give me any long-term benefits. Yeah, it feels great at the time. It's, oh, a bit of excitement. Oh, my goodness. Get a, you know, a wee bit annoyed at people. Like, I can't believe he dumped her. I can't believe he did that dirty snake. You know, that's fine for all five minutes, but, you know, afterwards, you know, people just kind of disappear, and you're like, oh, it was fine, you know. So I thought this year, rather than watch Love Island, I'm going to use the R that I would have watched Love Island and go and do something positive, which would be basically write or plan or work or do something comedy related in that hour. And, you know, Love Island's what? An hour a week, six days a week. And say that goes on for eight weeks or whatever, that's 48 hours. You know, if I don't have maybe half an hour material written or like a a treatment for a script or something that 48 hours you know I, I, there's something wrong but I mean if I do and at the end of that I can look and I can go look how productive I've been in the last whatever length of time Love Island's been on I'll know it worked and if it doesn't I'll be back to watching Love Island next year you know what I mean there's no there's no negative to that so that's what I'm going to do and I have a show coming up as well on the 20th of July Um, it's in the black box and I just really want people to show up for it I'm Again, it's a it's a weird one. It's hard to promote because a lot of people have been like, "I saw this dad show before. Don't want to go again." I'm like, "Yes, I get that," but this show is a lot different. It's the same basic basic premise, but I've, I've cut a lot of the old shit out that I watched back and went, "That's not good enough for me." Um, and I've changed it, and I'm going to dress different. I'm just going to have a really great time, you know, and. Uh, I really hope these buy tickets. If you go on the Black Box website, just type in Dave Elliott Dad, buy my tickets. They're only like eight quid, you know, and it's a small venue. I think it holds like 50 or 60. So if you could get that and get that sold out for me, I'd be so excited. You know, I could just not worry about having to sell tickets. I could just go and do a really good show. And also, if it's really empty and I'm filming it, I'll probably, you know, eat glass or something. But please, if you listen to the podcast, get to that. And if you also listen to the podcast and haven't yet, Please rate and review it. You know, I would really like to get my reviews up. You know, I would like to, to get over 100 um, reviews. We've got like 94 star ratings at the minute. You know, I'd like to get that up to 100. I'd like people to write a review so I could read it out in the podcast. You know, that would be basically ideal. But every week we're getting there. We're making, getting more listens, more downloads. You know, it's getting there. Again, the Weird Podcast is something that I kind of, I do every week because in my head it's like it helps me hash out material, helps me say things, you know, that I'm thinking about. It's it's, you know, just a way to work on bits and, you know, work on myself as a I guess an act in some way that my brain's thinking something and I have to say it and if it's funny, when I listen back, it could turn into something and if it's a little shy, I can just go oh, not a quiet listen. It's a whole quiet week this week, you know, but um I feel like, you know, I, I'm sticking at it and people are like there are genuine people listening to the podcast who like to listen to the weird podcast and I'd rather have you know one person that's really into something than having a hundred that are just like me it's all right you know but actually tuning in or whatever so you know I just want to say thanks to you guys for listening to the podcast thanks for you guys for you know supporting me I appreciate it but again as thankful as I am fucking buy tickets to the show on 20th of July will you for fuck's sake Fill the place out for me and help me 
make my recording look very sweet. And hey, it's a room where I met my wife, so you never know, you might turn up on the night and you might meet my wife too, because she'll probably be there. Um, well, I have digressed. Uh, listeners questions let's just get on and get myself fed you know get myself fed papa needs to eat otherwise you know there's a high chance he might die you know but uh, let me see Gareth Owens has said, Hey Dave, cracking couple of podcasts over the last few weeks. What are you making of the new Arsenal shirt? Even as a United fan, I think it looks pretty fucking sweet. Thanks very much, Gareth, um, for that. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the last couple were fun to do. I feel like this one's been fun to do. Um, and normally when the podcast feels fun to do, it tends to be a more enjoyable listen. But, you know... That's up, up to you guys to decide. What I make of the new Arsenal shirt, I know it's not been officially unveiled yet as the new Arsenal shirt, but hey, what I have seen is very sexy. It's finally got rid of Puma, who made a load of shite kits, and Arsenal are sponsored by Adidas once again. The kit that I've seen, it looks vintage, it looks sleek, it looks sexy, sassy. It just looks really really good like one of the nicest football shirts I've ever seen will I purchase it no because I'm 32 but will I actively say to my parents and my wife hey that's what I want for Christmas yes may I potentially get three versions of the shirt yes but hey you know as long as I didn't buy it um Oshin O'Neill has said hey dad whoa just wondering if you and Sir Todd had any more skits planned Things like Belfast Film and So North Down, funniest things to be created. I appreciate that, Oshin. Um, I don't know if we have any of those type things. In the, I, I definitely don't think uh, So North Down is going to be done again. I think it's just a one-off. And Belfast Film, I think, because it's kind of like the joke is that's the way they speak. don't know whether they know it'll come back. However, we are sometime going to do a follow-up to the troubles with the 80s we've actually it's written i've written it i just need shane to to change the ending or something and then get get a, a filming date down and then that's what we're going to do but yeah there'll be plenty coming out i'm hoping to make more time to film more things now you know i'm an actor and all um but yeah so thanks for the question i'll and keep a wee eye out for stuff that we're getting up to my man chris barr the uh the official uh, journalist and sidekick of the Weird Podcast has said, hey Dave, hope you're well, here's this week's weird story and guess what, I got my internet fixed a bit and it's actually working at a reasonable speed um, it's from Sky News, so it's a bit more reputable than a, uh, the Daily Star that you've been dropping me the last few weeks, Chris but hey, I know Daily Star have got bare boobies in it, so I mean, I know you're all about checking that out, um, Chris has said all roads lead to Rome Satnav Air sends man from Newcastle to German Village an elderly driver's Jaguar rolled back and knocked down a street sign when he got out to work out what was going on. A man from Newcastle uh, to Rome ended up in a German village. A man, sorry, a man driving from Newcastle to Rome ended up in a German village called Rome after blindly following his car satnav. Luigi Ramonti had be had done the journey from Northern England before, but still followed the directions, which suggested a far shorter route. Hey, if ever there's a guy who knows about short routes. It's Luigi. 
When he stopped the puzzle at the surroundings and lack of call saying, Mr. Ramonte forgot, Mr. Ramonte, mm, forgot that the handbrake and Jaguar knocked over a wrong street sign. He tried to stop the cars that rolled back and caught the open door and fell off. Mr. Ramonte went to hospital as a precaution. He decided to wait for the car to be repaired and still intending to complete his journey. You know, fair play to him. Like, he's an old guy. He's just trying to, you know, use technology. That's something that just doesn't mix. Do you know what I mean? Like, old people and technology, they just don't go together. You know, myself and roller skating there, things just don't aren't meant to be. Um, but what Chris wants to know is where's the weirdest place you've ended up after getting lost? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, again, this is the beauty of listeners' questions. They get thrown at you. You know, they get thrown at you like a baseball pitcher right in your face. You have to think quick and go, of all the weirdest places that I've been lost... You know, I don't really know. And that's that's true. I feel like there'd be plenty of places that I've ended up going. I've definitely read Satnav's wrong. You know, it's definitely been taken to the wrong place on a Satnav. More often than not, I'll tell you where I used to get lost whenever Shane moved house and he moved up to Balna Hinch. I'd never been to Balna Hinch, didn't know what Balna Hinch was. I've never left North Dar or Belfast area, but I struggled, end up going to towards Newry instead of coming back towards my house in Bangor at that particular time. And hey, look, you know, unless you know you're 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 a Newry native, there's no real reason why you should be going to that particular part of the world, man. So yeah, I'm gonna actually think about that, Chris, and come back to that at a later date because I think it's a good question. But um, just on the top of my head, I can't think that quick. You know, I'm a dunce. Dean Moore has said, You discussed the wee boys' night on the last podcast with FIFA, pizza, etc. Do you agree being gay would be so much easier? Down the pub, watch a game, back to the house, a few games of FIFA, quick bomb, and then rattle through Chernobyl. Ideal, really. Um, you know what, Dean, it seems pretty hack as a comedian to say that it would be better to be gay, but hey, I'm a hack guy, and I definitely agree. You'd be definitely less stress. You know, you could, if you're having an argument, oh, who's going to do the dishes? You could be like, well, we'll do a play a best of three on FIFA. You know, whoever wins the best of three, the loser has to do the chores. You know what I mean? It would be settled more amicably. You'd be less divorced, you know, and also there'd be more there'd be more sex because guys are just more, you know, they're more tuned in. You know, the only thing is you couldn't be, you know, couldn't be drinking a bottle of wine and getting into that 69 clit tickling sex position because, you know, if you're gay and you've got a clit, <laughs> tickle no clit, you know, you'd just be effectively in a 69 just rubbing your... Beard. Oh, I'm turning myself upside down and envisioning on balls. That'd be lovely. Yeah, man, you're right. You've got it hooked up. Dean being gay would be sweet. Um, well, Paddy Mac has written potentially a novel. With any luck, Paddy, I'll be getting you a book deal after this. Well, Dave, long time no see, my man. I'm afraid that I've been under it heavily with exams and haven't been on so social media huh, that much. But just catching up on podcast, it was great to see you get some airspace on ITV with John Bishop, and the series was class. Just one thing I thought was a big pile of bollocks, and hope Bish was thinking the same, being able to study leprechauns and fairies at uni. What I'd like to know is, if you could be a professor, Papa Bear, of your own university course, what would it be? Um, oh, wow, somehow a wee frog got into my... Dining room must have stood on him. Um, if I were to have my own university course, what would it be? Um, I definitely think it would be in some kind of uh, 
teaching that you know you can be ninety percent gay, and the only aspect that you do not have to being gay is fancying the same sex. You know, I think like you could really enjoy musicals like I do. You could enjoy you know skimpy swimwear, hanging out with guys. You know, um, listening to the Pet Shop Boys. You know, overall, like like enjoying phallic shaped foods. You know, like bananas, sausages, just enjoying them. You know, without people being like, "Oh, you're gay." You know what I mean? You could just enjoy the lifestyle without, you know, basic like you could enjoy. You could write. You could write a letter, pop it in an envelope, but you just don't need that waxy seal. You know, you just don't need that. You know, that's what I would teach. I'd be teaching a real come lifestyle. That's what that's what it'd be called the come lifestyle course with Dave Elliott. I think that would be a real sought after course. Um, you know, Sam Cardosi said, "Sam Cardosi, Dave, I love the boy town. The weird's even better. I appreciate that. How much for tickets on the twentieth of July when I'm back from New Zealand? I need to see your physique body. Hey man, it's not the twentieth; it's the twenty eighth. But I appreciate that, and hopefully you're still back from New Zealand then, and you haven't taken yourself off in your travels again. But they're only eight pounds." You know what I mean? Which means they're two pounds less than the tenner, which you'd probably pay to see me anyway because I'm a sweet guy. But for sure, get yourself tickets on Black Box website, Sam. Come see me. Have a chat with me afterwards. And then, hey, I'll let you see my body in the flesh. Maybe not bare flesh, but like technically it will be in the flesh because it'll be in and around um, your person. Um, let me see. Mick Conlon is oh well, he's put a picture of Arsenal footballer Mesut Ozil and his new wife, and he said, "Huh, Ozil turned up to the big occasion." As an Arsenal fan, are you pissed he married her instead of you? Hey man, nah, I'm not pissed that Ozil married her instead of me. I'm surprised he's shown up to the big occasion, as you alluded to there in your joke. Cause hey, he's been real badly shit for us for most of the season. But I mean, I think he's a nice guy. Would I like to see him leave in the summer? Yeah, will he? Probably not, because he's getting all kinds of cash. But, um, you know, unfortunately, if Mesut wanted to marry me, that wouldn't be possible because I'm already married, which I think is probably sly on my part rather than his there. But, you know, life, such is life. Um, McCoy has sent me a question saying, would you rather give 10 hand jobs or one blow job? That's easy. You know, everyone will be like, fuck, what are you going One BJ, you know what I mean? Because I feel like you're getting, you're getting dick in your hands 10 times, whereas... You know, I feel, I don't know why I'm getting selective. I feel like if if you're doing one blowjob, you could pick the dick, and I feel like a good, fresh, clean dick would be inoffensive. It's almost like putting an innate object in your mouth. Whereas, like if you're jacking off ten guys, you're gonna get you're more likely to get eye contact. You know, you've won, you know, you've a ten times more likely chance to like get, get jizzed on and get looked at in the eye whereas if you're just sucking in an eight dick like maybe in a glory hole like I mean it wasn't that awkward when I did it before so I mean yeah I, what I'm saying is that I would do that you know it would suck one dick instead of jack and ten controversial probably because but hey you know I'm in the position whereby I'm not going to be forced to do it so you know ain't going to suck no dick ain't going to wank no dick but you know it is what it is and once again we've bookended the podcast with dirty sex talk oral sex sucking fucking all the works ending and beginning but hey guys life's all about going in a full circle you know that's the circle of life hence what it's called and guys thanks once again for listening to the podcast again if you haven't already rate it and review it on it's not even itunes anymore it's apple podcasts and then get on the black box website and 
buy tickets to my show dad on the 20th of July and see if you don't do that your dad sucks his own dick right guys thanks for listening and see you next week bye